thrown into the fire because before the king they would not bow but they said listen king let it be known we serve a living god we're not alone well i know my god can do it to him there's nothing to it i know he'll see me through it sweet victory well even when storms are raging
Sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some, and right now, right now I'm losing bad. I stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken Oh, 
takes a little faith to move a mountain. Well, good thing, a little faith is all I have right now. But God, when you choose to leave mountains
Oh. 
to study the Bible and I began to look at things and I woke up one morning and God said something to me. We're in this world, you've heard this, but we're not of this world. How many knows that's true? As a Christian, as a child of God, when God rescues you from this world and this life, he sets you up as a child of God. Your citizenship belongs to heaven. Your, your love, your life, you have laid it down and gave it up for him. And I know sometimes we look at ourselves and we realize that in this world we're still of the world sometimes. Sometimes we're not always what we ought to be. Sometimes we can't help what's going on in our life and we seem to be able to struggle with it and most every time we struggle we'll find ourselves back on our knees saying God I'm sorry I didn't trust you I was trying to work it out myself I was trying to deal with it myself and it wasn't never going to work that way God knows it sometimes he steps back and he says I know what you need but you didn't come to me you took care of it yourself I want you to listen to a few verses here. I titled this, The Way of God Against the Way of the World. And if ever a time that we live in, this is going on even in the church, I want you to hear it. This is for somebody today. If it wasn't, but for me, I know that's what God has put me upon. But I want you to hear it because it is real. And it's real in your life. Whether you like it or not, you have a battle, a fight of flesh, a fight of faith to get through to the end. And we're to end this battle being faithful to God and what he has called us out to be. And he has called us out of this world. In Psalms 1830, and I'm going to skip to do a two or three verses here. But it says in Psalms 1830, there's a verse that David showed his perspective of God's way. Now, I want you to think about what I just said. It's kind of David's perspective of, of God's way. He says, as for God, in verse 30, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried, and he is a buckler to all those that trust in him. A buckler means a shield. How many knows the Lord will take care of you? He is, his way is perfect. There is nothing wrong with what God tells you to do, but you just got to have faith and believe to do it. And if God's going to use you, you have to do it his way. Quit trying to tell God how it needs to work. It ain't never going to work. It didn't work generations before, and it ain't going to work in generations ahead. God has the plan. God has the way he is the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said. There's all the things that God is that we need to adapt to him, not him adapt to our world. And that's where Israel lost him. They lost him where they could not seem to understand that it, they're not to be like the world. They're supposed to be God's people. Put your faith and your trust in him. Now, you are, the more you do that, the more you realize that God is able to take care of you in all situations. 
There's nothing that you shouldn't pray about. There's nowhere you should go that God shouldn't be in the midst of it. Okay, I'm not picking at nobody's fun. I'm not picking at nobody's uh, workplace or anything else. But I want to tell you something. God is going to wants to be in you and through you. He wants to use you wherever He leads you to go. He's got a plan. 139th Psalm, you've heard David say this. This was David's prayer. He said in the 23rd verse of 139th Psalm, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. Boy, that's pretty good. Think about what King David, I want you to think about it. He said, Search me, Lord. Know my heart. How many knows we need to do that daily? Lord, search me and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there's a wicked way in me. How many knows there's wicked ways that creeps right up back up into your life? And sometimes you'll find yourself having to have something that God never even sent you after. But you've got it and it's got you. You know, it's begin to rule. It's like that love of money. That love of money will make you go into places you say, I'd never done that. I would never went there. I'd have never went that way. But we do things our way or the world's way. He says, and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me into the way everlasting. I want to know I'm on the way of everlasting. I want to put down everything that comes against the God that I serve. Don't you? Don't you want to know that he is pleased with you? Don't you want to please him? Don't there is something inside of you when you look at the blessings that God's given you, you look at the place God's given you, you look at the, the way that God has helped you in life, and then you look and you say, I'll just do it my way. Lord, I know you did that for me way back. Israel saw God do many mighty things, and there was nothing that God couldn't take care of. They was in the wilderness for 40 years, and for 40 years they didn't need their shoes replaced. You think God don't know how to take care of his own? God fed them. God gave them water. God took care of them. God's taking care of you. Your life's short. Your days are numbered. We can look around and talk about those that's gone to that beautiful heaven that you sung about. How beautiful heaven must be for all those that's gone before that we love so dearly. Not just loved them, but I know so many people that's gone on that were so much walking like my Savior. They had a love in their heart. They gave up everything to serve God. They didn't have to be entertained. They didn't have to have to look for the world to, to be content. They were content knowing him and walking for him. And when they come into the house of God, they didn't have to be entertained. They were entertained in the fact that I'm a part of the family of God. I love him. He loves me. I come together because he tells me, come together and share this gospel. 
That's what God is doing in every one of us. In Proverbs 3, you've heard this verse many times. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. How many knows we need direction a lot of times? Our path sometimes leads us away from what God's, and sometimes it just catches us by surprise. In the 14th proverb, it, Solomon said this. I want you to hear it. The 12th verse. There is a way which seems right to man. Uh-oh. You mean there's a way that I think's right? God, I'm going to go and do what I think's right. That'll be good enough. I did the best I could. It was all wrong. I had to repent over it, but I did the best I could. I got stuck in that pickle, and I just did what I thought was the easiest way out, the best way. It says, there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. How many knows if it ain't God's way, it ain't going to work? You cannot be good enough to impress God to say, I'm going to bless you anyway, even though you got sin in your life, even though you won't repent. Even though you won't come my way, how many knows God is after us to walk his way? Get off of you worrying about how you're going to work this out. I don't know why I'm saying that. I know we make a decision. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. You have to keep reminding yourself or you'll find yourself in the world. And if everybody says, put your money over here, you put your money over there. You follow whatever the carrot says do. And before you know it, you're off on some uh, limb out there wondering how in the world I got here. Lord, I need to get back to the basics of living for him, to talking to him, to letting him have his way in my life, to calling upon him. Listen to Isaiah 55. Verse 6 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, God said. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. How many know someday, listen to me real clear, someday God's going to turn his face and he's not going to answer the prayers. Uh-oh. I'm not trying to upset nobody, but I want you to hear this. See, he says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he's near. If you refuse to call upon him, when you know you need to call upon him, when you constantly reject him, there will be a day when he'll say, I won't hear your cry. I won't hear your prayer. Because now, listen to me, now is the day of salvation. Now is the time. God's working on his church today to prepare his bride. And he's coming back for that bride. And everything he shows us, 
everything he brings to our ears to hear. We're to go home and we're to get on our knees and say, God, I hear you. I don't know how to fix me, but I hear you. I surrender myself, Lord. Help me, dear Lord. I need to walk closer to you. He said, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord. And he, and he will have mercy upon him to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Praise God. I'm glad we have somebody that knows that we need grace and mercy. Don't you know that's what we got to have? I know you're not perfect. I know I'm not perfect, but he is. So wouldn't you want to just stay near him? Don't you want to hear from him every day? Don't you want to talk to him every day? Lord, I need you. I needed you for my car's problem. I needed you for my marriage problem. I need you now for my kid's problem. I need you for my grandkid's problem. I need you everywhere, Lord. Everywhere I look, I need you. In all my ways, I must acknowledge him. You hear that? All my ways. I don't care what way you go in this life, who you marry, who, where you live, or what you do. You need to acknowledge him in everything you do. That's what's wrong. Our world, they're making, they're messing it up by saying, I want God to save me, but I'll do it my way. Churches are changing what they're doing. Why? Because they don't like the old way. They didn't like Jesus coming. They wanted another Messiah. They want another Jesus. How many knows he's already came? It's already written down, the walk that we're to walk. The way is already made. Now I want you to turn to John 15. You got your Bible. How many knows the world hates you? Connie, you brought it up this morning. How many knows you're hated? If you don't know it, you ain't probably living close to God. Because I'm going to tell you, if you live close to God, your family will hate you. Your wife might even hate you. Your husband might hate you. Your children might not like you. Because they don't want nobody to shine a light on what they're doing. You know what? When you were when you were lost, you didn't want nobody shining no light on you either. You ran from it. But in John 15, look at verse 18. If the world hates you, Jesus said, talking to his disciples, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If the world, if you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, I have chosen you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. You know why you're hated? Because you're trying to be like Jesus. And think about it. He was hated. He was hated. The king of, of Israel, Herod, tried his best to kill Christ. Just because he saw that he might take his place when he grew up. So he killed all the babies in Bethlehem. All the baby boys. Isn't that, isn't that something? 
The enemy, I want you to hear something. The enemy's after the Christian. You think that they are worried to death? Most of our country right now is ready to make bargains with the devil. Just leave us alone. Give us bargains. Give us deals. But can I tell you, Christian, that's not ours to do. I can't give them a bargain. I can only tell you it's going to be God's way or it's going to be no way. You're going to hate me. You're going to hate me till the day I die. And I promise you that I don't hate you. I love you. God made me love you. And I love you and I know you're lost. But can I tell you something? The church has got to rise up and be like Christ. Get the hatred out of you. And I'm not talking about go around patting everybody saying, I just love you anyway, when you don't like half of what they're doing. I ain't telling you put on no fake, fake smile and fake pat on the back. I'm telling you be like Christ. The best that you know how, be like Christ. It, the world don't upset the Christian. It's the Christians or the people going to church that upsets the Christian. It wasn't those that Jesus ran into. Think about it. He ran into all kinds of people in sin, and he loved them into the kingdom. But when he got to the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees, he couldn't do nothing but speak the truth, and it cut them hard. And they began to hate him right off the bat. And you'll notice when his apostles rose up and began to speak those words, they were hated. They were all martyred and killed. Are we to be any different? No. Same gospel. Same walk. Same way. In John 17, two chapters over, verse 14. I have given, this is Jesus' prayer to the Father. I have given them thy word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou should take them out of the world, but that thou should give them, keep them from the evil. Now I want you to listen to this next line. I want you to listen to this next verse, because it jumped out at me. Bobby, this jumped out at me, and I know it's very simple. He said, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. He said that earlier. But can I tell you something? That's a beautiful testimony that Jesus gave. They're not of the world, just like I'm not of the world. Praise God. I want to praise God for the apostles, because the disciples. They were not of the world. Jesus said, I've taken you out of this world, and you're going to walk through this world, but you're not leaving yet, but you're going to be just like me. Praise God. I'll tell you what, that's a good testimony. What's wrong with those people? What's wrong with those disciples? They're acting like Jesus. Jesus delivered us. We're to act like Christ. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. And Jesus himself said, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. He's, he's given a beautiful testimony of his own disciples. Praise God. Look at 1 John, all the way back close to Revelation. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. You've all heard this. Love not the world, neither the things in the world. 1 John 2, 15. 
Love not the world, neither the things of the wor- in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. And the world will pass away, and the lust thereof. But he that does the will of God will abide forever. Now listen to this. What world are we talking about? We're in this world. I don't hate that big ball we're on. I don't hate that planet we're walking around on. I don't hate the beautiful water that runs off the mountain. I don't hate the ocean when I look at it. I don't hate the crops that grow. What kind of world are we talking about? We're talking about a world that the enemy has got his hands on. Now listen to what I'm going to tell you because this is important. This is the difference in how perfect God's way is and how the world's way is. Because it's not what it's not global warming. I'm going to tell you right now, you can't spare this world. This world's under the same curse that man's under. We're dying. Every one of us body-wise is dying, and this world's dying. But God is the restorer of all things. And listen what happened here. It says the world, the worldly ways is what he's talking about. It says means that all the things that Satan uses to oppose God, his kingdom, and his righteousness. That's the world I'm talking about. Everything that Satan is using to oppose God, his, his righteousness. Think about it. You know what's wrong with our world? They're still tied into doing it their way, and they're tied into understanding that there's a spirit behind 90% of what they're doing. It ain't just pleasing the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of the eyes, but it's listening to the enemy that lures them in. I don't care where you work. I want you to hear this. It says behind all human enterprises, there is a spirit or a power that moves against God and his word. You don't want to hear this. And you know what? I know there's Christian companies. But can I tell you, the world, the world's ways with Satan behind it and the evil spirits behind it is working against every company there is. And you know what? I said, I don't care how they started. Disney started as an innocent little kid's place, but it sure ain't no innocent little kid's place no more. I'm sorry, and I ain't Disney's. I, you know what, I could say that about the railroad that I worked on. I, I told a boss one time, because he asked me about something they had done. I said, far as I'm concerned, and I pointed, I said, you shot yourself in the foot. You shot this workplace in the foot by doing what you're doing. And he just was appalled at me. He got almost mad at me. And I just looked at him, I said, I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm not trying to condemn this. But he was bragging about something they had done. They had borrowed stimulus money to build more rail. And they bragged the year before about how much money they made. And I thought, what are you doing borrowing money from our government? All you're doing is putting their hand over you. I'm sorry, Ben, but that made sense to me. And they're bragging about it like it's the greatest thing in the world. 
And all I know is you fell into the trap that was set. Satan uses, listen to this, Satan uses the medical field, the medical field. I'm talking about your hospitals, your doctors. Satan uses the medical field to promote the killing of babies. He's been doing it all this time. Oh, it's Planned Parenthood. It's good. No, it's not. Never was good. And it never had the intention of being good. How many know Satan's been behind it all along? It says the, he uses, Satan uses the agricultural field to promote farming or the farming of it. He promotes life-destroying alcohol and drugs. How many knows the enemy gets into everything? He's into our, what we grow. We don't grow it to survive. We don't grow it to help other countries no more. We grow it to make money off of alcohol and drugs and things that are destroying people. We're trying to destroy them, or the enemy is, just as quick as they become in life and you can farm and they're taking advantage of the blessings that God has given this nation with beautiful farmland and they're taking it and trying to destroy the very people that God's blessed it for. They're destroying our children one after another. They start by trying to kill the babies, then they go to killing them with what they're growing and what they're selling. How many knows the enemy's behind it? You think God turned his blessings away? No, man turns God's blessings away. Man that does not live for God, does not pray, does not listen to the words of God, they won't stand up against it. No, if I'm going to get some money out of it, just lay the money in my hand and I'll go. And I won't say a word about it. I'm going to say something I shouldn't say, but I'm going to say it. We got a bill this last month. Yeah, I told Becky, I said, Becky, this don't make no sense. We got a bill, and our electric bill, gas electric bill, was $150 or something like that. And the, it says right on there the government paid $133 of it. Your bill's only $18. And I looked at Charlie, I said, what? When has the government stepped in to help me pay my bills? You know what they want me to do? They want me to go along and say they're doing a pretty good job, ain't they? They must really care about me. They're helping me pay my bills. You know what I told Shirley? We're paying for it, whether we pay for it this way or another way, but we'll pay for it. We don't need to follow that carrot. If God gives you the grace to make the money, pay your bill. Don't wait for the government to step in and rule you because that's all they want. They want to get a clutch inside of you. Don't brag about what the enemy's doing. He's got an alternative motive on everything he does. The educational field. Satan uses the educational field to promote ungodly and human philosophies. Let's not believe there's a God that made this world. Let's go into evolution. Let's go into global warming. Let's go into everything and man's guilty. It's those people that's got them big cars. 
you got a truck or a big car, you're really a bad person. Well, I'm sorry, but that's where they're, they're leading you down that path because they want you to get one of these little bugs and run around in that bug that you just do nothing but plug in. Isn't that the stupidest thing? And then they want, and you know what's the truth? It's the enemy that's behind this. I ain't talking about stealing your freedom as an American. I'm talking about stealing the way of God. They're taking the way of God. How can I pray, God, and I want a clean earth, and I want a clean water, and I want clean stuff. But can I tell you, I think they would throw the dirty into it just to prove their point. So you know what I realize? My faith ain't in them. My faith's in him. And that's where we have to come to. We have to understand, I'm looking for God's way. I'm not looking for man to come up with another way. I've already seen the ways they do. It's all heading toward an anti-Christ, anti-God. We don't want America to stand for Christ. We don't want America to stand as a Christian nation. Obama said it wasn't a Christian nation. You know, we want to we want to turn our nation into something else because we do not want to say God bless America. There's a uh, poem that was written. This most of you probably think this is out of the Bible, but it isn't. I want you to hear it. Then you'll know. God moves in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. Did you know that's not in the Bible? It's a poem. It was written 250 years ago by a man named William Cowper. I don't know why, but I just read it and I wrote it down. I'm not that educated. But it says... God moves in mysterious ways. How many knows that's a true statement? God does move mysteriously. You know what, Bobby, it would make sense to not do what the world's telling us to do in a lot of places. You'd say, well, you're shooting yourself in the foot. You're not going to have no job. You're not going to have this if you don't do it the right way. If you don't do it the way we want you to do it, we're not going to support it. Let me tell you something. You have to back up and say, wait a minute, God's in charge. God knows exactly what I need. And if I get taken out of my job, I won't have to worry about it because my God's got my tomorrow. Do you believe that? If you don't believe it, guess what? You'll follow everything they tell you to do. If they tell you to vote a certain way, you'll vote that way. I'm not pushing politics here. I'm not pushing anything. I'm trying to push that God wants us to lean on him. Not on our own. What are some mysteries? Well, it was a mystery when Abraham was commanded to offer Isaac his son. How many know that's a mystery? How many knows what God would tell a man that gave, he gave a promised child to Randy, take him up on that mountain and, and I want you to slay him. He's going to be your, your uh, sacrifice. And Abraham took that boy up on that mountain. He had heard God's voice enough, Ben, to know what, he, what was being said. And he raised that knife over his son. 
and God stopped him. The angel hollered, Abraham, Abraham, now I know there's nothing you won't give. There's no way you won't trust me. You'll trust me. And you know what? Because of what he did, God showed that, that he would give his own son. That's such a mystery to people. You go down there and explain that to somebody who don't know God. They don't understand that at all. I wouldn't give my son. I'm not going to take my son over and kill him. God works in mysterious ways. His wonders to perform. Another one was Joseph. We read a lot about Joseph last week. But there's one other part of Joseph that says, Joseph was wrongly accused of rape and put in jail where his gift of reading dreams brought him to Pharaoh and fulfilled his dream. Think about it. Joseph had dreams and visions when he was young about how his brothers and all of them would bow down before him. And they, made, they hated him worse. They got mad at him. But how many knows God was working in a mysterious way? God was working his plan. How many knows sometimes things happen in your life, you have no idea why they happen that way? I don't know why certain people left this life. I don't know. We need them. Lord, we need them. We need them back, God. No, God says, I take care of you. I know where you're going. I know what's ahead of you. I'll take care of it. I wished I could speak to my father many times. I wished I could just hear his voice. Sometimes I'll turn on those tapes when he was singing and I think about him. Brings me closer to him. But Bill, I'm going to have to wait till I get to heaven. I have to wait. It's God's way. I can't have it my way. Joseph went through a whole lot of stuff to come out on the end of that. Not only saying, you meant it for bad, brothers, but God meant it for good. All of that because he trusted God. See, we got to trust God. I don't care what the world says. I don't care how much it upsets your little life. I'm sorry, but every one of us has a small life to live and a short life to live, but it's in his hands. Trust him every day. Live for him every day. Don't be disappointed in yourself. Say, Lord, I'm going to live for you, whatever it takes. Joshua, I think it's about the sixth chapter. But it says, God stopped time at Joshua's plea so that the battle could be won. That's impossible. Go tell the scientists that God stopped the clocks. He stopped everything. Might not have been no clocks, but he stopped the sun and held it in its place. Who is it we serve? How big is God? He's bigger than all from the, from the earth to heaven is his ways higher than our ways. Isn't that beautiful? I tell you, God has already proved himself that he'll do it. But he's not an entertainer. He's not going to 
entertain you all the way to heaven. He's going to tell you, put your faith in me, hold my hand, and don't let go. Believe me. The more we know God does things his way, the more we learn to live by faith. How many hears that? The more I read God's word, Bill, and all those things that he did, how he stepped in, it didn't look possible. All those heroes of faith and all those people through the Bible that had no idea if they had it tomorrow. God stepped in because they had faith in God. The more we see it, God doing it his way, the more we realize I can trust him. I can believe him. Quit looking at America. There is no Savior here except for our Savior that's watching over us. Trump ain't our Savior. The Republican Party ain't our Savior. Democrats ain't our savior. Pelosi ain't our savior. I'm sorry. You voted for her. I'm sorry. It's sad, but man can't do it. Man can't do the God job that needs to be done. He just can't do it. In Galatians, Sixth chapter, just one verse, but I want you to hear it. It says, but God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Let me tell you something, that's where you're to be, Christian. You got nothing to glory in. Listen to me, I don't care if you're the, I, you know, them guys used to kid me on the railroad about running too fast. Uh, guys that wanted to hurry, they were tickled to death when they saw me. The other guys didn't want to see me. But the truth is, I would run fast, slam on the brakes, because I was so used to doing that on the tracks out there, because we were always in a hurry to get off a single track. And that's the way I ran all the time. And you know what? I'm not bragging on it. Some people thought I was dangerous. But others thought I was, man, that guy's good. He can stop it on a dime. You know what? I fought them trains, and I'd hold my breath and pray that I didn't get through a block and I didn't run the back of somebody. But I was constantly in a hurry. Now you know why I drive the way I do. I'm working on it. But can I tell you, I don't care how good you are at what you do. I don't care if you're the smartest person your company's got. I don't care when you walk away from your business, they'll never make it without me. <laughs> Man, they ain't going to have a chance to make it. I don't care what you think of yourself. Listen to me. I don't have nothing to glory in save the cross of Jesus Christ. He laid down his life for me because he loved me. He paid my, paid my debt. I can be what God wants me to be because Jesus Christ came and paid my price. I can't do this on my own. I can't preach on my own. I can't sing on my own. I can't play a guitar on my own. I can only do it as God. Bless him. 
And that's the way we're to live. Every one of us. The more we consider the suffering of Jesus by the world, listen to me, the more you consider how much Jesus suffered because they could not see him for who he was. And the world went against him and hung him on a cross. Now we know he died as a sacrifice, the father's lamb, but yet the world crucified him. It says here, the more we consider the suffering of Jesus by the world, the less we will desire to love the world. I have a hard time loving the world. When I see what's going on with some of our politicians, when I see what's going on in the high ups of this nation, I think to myself, oh God, oh God, they killed you. They slew you, Lord. You didn't do nothing but love them. You did all good things. I'm trying to find something else I'd wrote, and I can't find it. Jesus paid it all. He didn't come with hate in his heart. He came with love in his heart. He didn't come to condemn us. He came that we might be saved. And they hung him on a cross. And he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I'm going to tell you something. Every one of us, we should worship him daily. We should praise him for what he's done in you and for you. He and he alone can crucify you to the world and the world to you and leave you open to his new and beautiful way. Isn't that something? See, we couldn't get there. Israel couldn't get there. Nobody can get there without Jesus. He's the only way there is. Ephesians 6.12, one verse says, we wrestle against spiritual forces in the world. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world. That's just what I was talking about. There's wicked, wickedness in the high ups, wickedness in this world. And we're, if we don't watch it, we're not fighting against them. We can fight and say it's all, and we can name the one we don't like the most. You can name Pelosi or whoever you don't like. But I'm going to tell you right now, that's not, the, that's not your enemy. The enemy is, this, is Satan is behind what he's trying to do. And they're deceived just like the rest of them are deceived. Against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Jesus said in John 14.30 says, For the hereafter I will not talk much with you, talking to his disciples, for the prince of this world comes and has nothing in me. And Paul said in 
1 Corinthians 4, 4, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. How many know Satan's at work? And I want you to understand it. Don't quit trying to fit into this world. You know how hard it is for young people to be able to get into this world, try to make a living, try to be open to what they're being told to write down as the right answer on the test? I know you guys write down a right answer it's not going to be God's way but can I tell you something they tell you you'll do it that way or you don't go the way you don't get to go to the next step in the job category so what are they doing they're leading us down that path you're going to have to make up your mind Lord I'm still your child Lord I need to walk where you tell me to walk I'm not telling you to give up all your career. I'm not telling you, you know what? You ain't got, you ain't got no uh, nation or Christian uh, company that's so clear and pure that they're not doing things and letting the enemy in. 2 Corinthians 6, 1. I'm almost done. Becky, come on up. 2 Corinthians 6. I want you to read the first two verses if you got it. 2 Corinthians 6, it says, We then as workers together with him, that's Paul talking, we beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. How many know many are receiving the grace of God in vain today? I don't know if you heard what I said. Are you receiving the grace of God in vain? What are you talking about? I'm talking about the unmerited favor and the love of God and the mercy of God. Are you taking for granted? Are you taking advantage of it? Or have you received it in vain? You've heard the words, and I believe Paul's talking to the church. He's telling them, you have received this salvation. But it says, you receive not the grace of God in vain? For he said, I have heard thee in a time accepted and in the day of salvation have I secured thee, which means aided or helped thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. What am I telling you? I'm telling you, don't put off what I'm talking about. Don't turn around and tell yourself, I have to do whatever the world's doing to be able to make it. No, you don't. You have to trust God. You have to turn to his way and follow him. We got people that skip what you say about your work or who you think they are. You might think they're evil and they ain't. But I want you to hear something. We cannot live this life without doing it God's way. What is God's way? God's way says if you're in love and you're wanting to get married, get married. If you're not, don't sleep together. Don't put the cart before the horse. I know I'm an old man and we don't do things that way today. But I'm, gonna I'm telling you the truth. Put yourself before God's word, before God yourself. Pray about it and say, Lord, I don't care what I did yesterday. I'm not walking that way no more. If you commit yourself to walk that, the way of God, guess what? God will reward you. 
He will take care of his own. Don't you know that's what he's waiting on? He's waiting on you to quit bargaining with the world. Quit. They'll keep changing it. You know what? I, the saddest part about all that, I heard yesterday on the news, they're worried to death about the gays are going to lose ground because of the abortion thing. And I thought to myself, if you're out adopting babies as gay couples, you ought to lose your way. I pray you lose your way. Because you're destroying these little children. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to tell it. And I got to tell you right now, if, if you want to spark somebody to, to get riled up and come in here after the churches, that's probably the words that will do it. But I'm not afraid of them because I know what God is telling us. This is the ways of God, not the ways of the world. Titus 2.11 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us. How many knows the grace of God teaches us something? What does it teach us? It teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Uh-oh. That means we're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. Uh, back, we're back again to that first statement. We're to be in the world, but not of the world. I love my children, and I love my grandchildren so much that God demands that I stand on those words. I can't, I can't change them, David. I can't change them. I don't know how to change them. I know Eli. I can't change them, Eli. I can't change it. I can't. Turn God's word into something that makes your life easier for you for now. I'll tell you, pay the price, whatever it is, but walk with God. And if you look at this word, you'll find out you got to do the same thing. God didn't change. Never has. Last verse, Hebrew 10. Verse 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. How many knows there's only one way to go to the Father? Through the blood of Jesus. You know what happened? He came and opened the door. Listen to the next verse. By a new and a living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from, all, from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. How many knows God let his son lay down his life to open the door to all that will come? If you open the door, you can be in the new and living way of God's way. See, God sent his son. That means it's God's way. How many knows what I just said? It's God's way. You'll either follow God's way or you'll find yourself following the world's way. And it ain't getting better. It's getting worse. It's amazing that we can have so much technology, so many wise people in so many areas, and yet we're getting worse. 
If you don't think we're getting more evil, look at the Bible, read about the prophecies at the end time, and you'll find out we're just exactly like what it says. We're living that same way. God destroyed nations for doing what we're doing. He destroyed them. Do you think God did not know about every baby in the last, whatever it was, 60, 70 million babies in the last 50 years? You think God doesn't know about every one of them? He knew their names. He knew them before they were ever formed in their mother. You think God's laughing about those things? I don't think so. You think God just grades on the curve? No, God sees it. He laid all of the punishment for it upon his son. But if we don't come to his son and come his way, we'll find ourselves one day out in the judgment seat. And you don't want to see it. You don't want to be there. God loves us. I don't know why. It seems like every message is a hard message. But this is a hard truth that we got to see. Because, see, how can we show people the way if we're not walking the way? If we're bargaining with the way all the time and turning God away and saying, I'll just do it the way the world's doing it. Take the stand for Jesus. Don't take it cruelly. Don't get you a big whip and go out and start whipping people. You know what? Get your Bible. Pray and seek his face. And ask him to open a door to witness to one at a time. And God will. Because see, he's trying to reach all that are lost. He could, you could reach one person that might be a, the next big minister that reaches many. You have no idea what God's doing in you. You have no idea of the people you're going to face. Do you love him? Do you believe in him? You know, he left it. When he, Jesus left, he left it to those that would come after him. If you're coming after him, follow his way. It's never changed. Everybody stand, if you will. I'm glad we serve a forgiving God. One scripture says he will abundantly pardon. Abundantly pardon. I'm glad it says he'll abundantly pardon because, see, I needed forgiveness. I needed abundant forgiveness. Every one of us are there. Lord, forgive me for yesterday, but forgive me for tomorrow. Forgive me for not walking where I should walk with you. Forgive me for not seeking your face. Forgive me for not knowing my Bible. I've been on the way a long time. Forgive me, God. Stir me to your way. He loves us. He's calling out. If that's you he's talking to, you come. You're no, you're no worse than we are. We're all the same. We're fighting and striving to make it home. Praise God. Might be the difference in your family, your loved ones.
talking about William Cowper, C-O-W-P-E-R, how his story came about 250 years ago. He tried to kill himself three times. Each time he tried to kill himself, something strange happened. Somebody showed up at the door. Somebody called his phone. He had to stop. And finally he realized something's stopping me from doing this. He tried three times. He got upset. He tried to call on God. He ran into a, somebody that he knew of right after that. The guy's name was Newton. John Newton. 
the man that got saved and wrote Amazing Grace. This cowper ran into him. And he began to witness to him and tell him Jesus would forgive him. He gave his heart to God and he began to write the poems that he wrote. God changed his life. All he had to do was hear the right answer. All he had to do was hear the right thing. We got a world full of people that has no hope. They need to hear the hope of Jesus. They need to know there's a better way than just fulfilling this flesh. This flesh is not going to do it. It's a lot of dead ends. I know God gave us this life, and it's an enjoyable life. And I praise Him for every day I get. But this ain't home. I want to go home to be with Jesus. Sometimes you might be a stranger in this house. You may say, well, I'll wait till I get somewhere else. I'll wait for a better time. I think the Holy Spirit's dealing with you now. And we ain't trying to tally up no numbers. We ain't trying to put no feather in our hat. We just want your life to change. We want you to have hope for tomorrow. We want you to know the God of all ages let his son die just for you because he knew you needed a Savior. Don't turn away from him. God gave his best. He gave his all. Are we giving our all for him? Sometimes we look at it like, well, I'll have to be like you all. I can't be like you all. No, you don't. You've got to be like him. Just read and let him fill you up, and he'll show you how to walk and how to live. I thank God for your patience today. There's only one thing to glory in. Jesus laid down his life and died for me. Glory in the cross. Praise God. This altar will always be open. You need to pray.